0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network if you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct something that's less mr bean and more steve mcqueen check out the range of bikes from london-based cooler king E-bikes that
1: are cool AF. Another podcast, Dan Martin. A really
2: good guest this week. Yeah, that was good. It was a chance to focus on one club. We yeah. were really lucky enough to get Sam Pilger in, a regular on the Whistleblowers over the years. But it's been a while since we've had him on, so good to see him again. Good to have someone on who actually knows what they're talking about, Martin. Why? Why no, did you say not that? Looking
1: anywhere? Don't <laughs> don't worry. Uh, but we talked mainly in the first half about the FA Cup. Yeah. Is the
2: magic still there, Martin? It's it's waning, isn't it? Yeah. Unfortunately, and I think we go into that. Uh... When I was
1: a kid, up at nine or ten in the morning. I mean, not up, but watching from nine or ten in the yeah. morning all the way through to kick off. Yeah. FA Cup final day, epic, best day of, it. just doesn't happen anymore. I don't, no. I honestly, I actually don't really care that much anymore. Well, if, you're the, not if, the, if the players only one. don't,
2: yeah, <laughs> if the managers don't care, Klopp's not going to even turn up. Why should I be bothered? Well, we go into that, then we chop into United. It's obviously a great FA Cup game, but the wider scheme of things for United. Yeah, and Sam's an expert on that, so that was a really good second half. Uh, and also touched upon some pretty
1: interesting aspects of their transfer policy this this calendar year, I guess, mm. both this
2: month and, and in the summer. Um, and the glorious Edward Wood. Absolutely. And uh, the next generation of podcasters and potential journalists coming through. Uh, we get to hear from... Uh, an even younger Pilger Louis Pilger Yes a few Remember on, the name Not on Twitter Yeah Enjoy the pod
1: Hello and welcome so to The Whistleblowers Another fabulous podcast from me and Martin Gritton I'm Mark Smith Over there is Martin Gritton Hi Mark, nice to see you again Nice to see you again, Martin uh, This is like three in a row for us Yeah, it's all good Really professional yeah. uh, We're joined today uh, by Manchester United fan but more importantly sports writer for too many publications to even mention but we'll try some
2: of them The Athletic yeah that's your yeah 442 well and, and author I mean in terms of well you've written many 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 things I was going to say Indeed. the thing I like most uh, well I'll introduce you first Mr Sam Pilger Hello, thanks. Good to be back. Tr- um, crucial that you get in the name. Crucial getting the name. And the thing I like most today was your Twitter banner behind your picture. So your picture, and then you and Alex Ferguson with uh, that older one. That's just this con- contrasting.
3: That's right. What, what what the fringe and the not so. Fringe. I just want, I want you to on the, say even it. Even in even in 1999, it was it was on the retreat. Then the fringe. <laughs> and the fullbacks you know, were pushing on. Yeah, it was hanging on in there. But um, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, me and. Um, the one time I met him a few times, but one time I had a one-on-one interview with Sir Alex, which was uh, um, summer of
1: 1999. Um, wow, <laughs> that's a good uh, one. So yeah. just after it's the treble has been won.
3: Just after he'd, 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 he'd uh, obviously the three trophies and a knighthood. Um, it, was good like the, it was a good
2: summer. It's a good year. summer.
3: A good summer. And yeah, <laughs> oh. and yeah, the, the burning desire in him, no interest in you know reflecting on all the glory. Um, and he was just concentrating on the next season. And In fact, that day, I interviewed him at the Cliff, and then he went to Old Trafford for a uh, press conference to announce United had withdrawn from the FA Cup. And so he wasn't in the best of moods because he wasn't happy with that, he wasn't comfortable with that. But, um, uh, but yeah, he, he, you know, all that, I just saw... What a time to interview! He's got Incredible. a knighthood. He's won all these trophies. He'll be he'll be in such a laid back, great mood. <laughs> but no, but you know, still, that was you know in this in this uh, era of even more media control and so on. To have for, for me to have a one on one with Sir Alex was uh, how was long a did real you privilege. get? I think about half an hour. Wow, half an hour, and um, yeah, we did we did obviously talk about what he'd won, uh, you know, in the, the previous summer and looking forward to it and, and and all
1: that. But yeah, so you mentioned there, Sam. Um, that was the year United didn't play in the FA Cup and instead played in the World Club Championship, which mm-hmm. I think they ended up losing, right? Uh, getting knocked out in yeah.
3: the group stage, but I actually went to it, and it was in 10 days in Brazil, so I was oh, wow.
1: I was all on board for that. Lovely. Was <laughs> that Edmundo?
2: Ed, no, no, who was the striker yeah, Mundo, that... Was yeah. it Edmundo the one Ed Mundo that Mundo did Edmundo the... and
1: Romario, yeah. 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 Wow. So that yeah, leads us quite nicely then into, into yep. the first port of call for this podcast today, which is the FA Cup, because we've, we've talked a lot over the last few years, probably, about how... Does the magic of the FA Cup still exist? That old cliche, is that still a thing? And there we've got the example of Ferguson pulling his team out. We've got a lot of big teams now not playing their first teams. Let's start with Liverpool at Shrewsbury, because that was a... Liverpool team that you wouldn't recognise. I probably only knew three or four of their players. Mm. Sam, did you watch the game? What did you make of it?
3: I did. Yeah, I watched the, watched the climax too, and uh, to it, and um, you know, it ended well. And obviously, the, the papers and are the, the, the plastered with the, the heroes of Shrewsbury, and, and that's you know one of those cliches, those great stories. Um, but it's almost been overtaken with that with, <laughs> with Klopp saying. Yeah, great. I'm not bothering turning up for the replay, which I just I think is appalling. You know, yeah. I re- I really do. It, it, it it's such a lack of respect to Shrewsbury, but also, um, you know, just not to, not to be bothered to turn up. I, I, I mean, somebody pulled out that Ian Holloway hadn't hadn't come to a game. I don't know, 10, 10 years ago or something. But you know, you're a Liverpool manager. You got an FA Cup tie. At Anfield
1: And not to turn up You know Again it's another nail in the coffin For the And F- you're, the right, you're the most High profile manager Currently working in the country yeah. Given they're so far ahead In the Premier League I mean Grits you, you played in FA Cup games before right? <coughs> yeah Played in a few Yeah Is it a generational thing? For you Was that a High point of your career? And do you think that players now Coming through 18, 19, 20 Just don't have the same affiliation With the Cup as, as you did?
2: Uh... It's difficult to say. the The FA Cup, uh, famously, the best players I have ever played with always made the joking quip that going uh, FA Cup doesn't start till January because basically they don't play at a higher level, and we were there scrapping away the at, like yeah, in June. There is one. There's a game in July, and when the further down I went in my career, you like you're playing FA Cup games earlier and earlier, and I'm like going, and I can't be playing an FA Cup game in July." <laughs> but the point is that. It was such a opportunity for us smaller teams to get. Even the the Carling Cup, you know, you would just get the opportunity to play at great grounds against the best players. And but everyone respected it back then. You know, the big we played the third round game at, um, when I was at Macclesfield, played Everton, beat us one nothing. Um, but it was a full Everton team. You know, everyone played Arteta was midfield, and I think Fellaini was on the bench. It was a moist team, um, but just getting the opportunity to play against them in a packed house was like incredible. You know, and and I feel like. We're missing that. And as you said, the, the saddest thing about the Klopp thing is the disrespect to Shrewsbury more than anything. I yeah. feel like kind of um, it is a disrespect to the competition, but we always knew that Klopp felt like that in, in some ways towards these cups that perhaps were not a gateway for him. And professionally, from a business perspective, you can understand his argument, but it's just a bit sad because something's been lost.
1: So if the players aren't as bothered, what do the fans and the sports writers think about it? Well, I, I think there is this...
3: You know this talk of the magic of, of of the FA Cup, and we keep saying we can keep saying, but the reality of it is, is I mean I know we talk about United uh, coming later, but you can see there that Sir Alex Ferguson saved his job by winning the FA Cup in 1990. Somebody tweeted me yesterday saying about Solskjaer at at uh, Tranmere is this his um, Mark Robbins Nottingham Forest moment? Yes. and that was 30 years ago, and I just said it's not because that was Brian Clough's Nottingham Forest. And that's when the FA Cup winning it really mattered and really meant something. And if, even if Solskjaer goes on and wins the FA Cup, but United slip to 7th or 8th, that, 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 that won't be good All enough. Van
1: Gaal proved that.
3: Yeah, well, well, exactly. I mean, there, you could talk about the death of the FA Cup. Literally, I was at Wembley that day and rumours were swirling around that he'd been sacked before he walked up the, how many steps it is now, to the Royal Box and got the FA Cup. And he, yeah, he, he, he was sacked. Yeah, he won the FA Cup Saturday afternoon and was sacked on Monday morning. Um so it, it 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 just it doesn't have the the you know third round was a big big deal, you know the Ronnie Radford footage mm. and all of that, and it's just it 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 just doesn't have the same appeal does it
1: If there are teams playing their second string and their kids as they do in the league cup, then the two cups are pretty much the same, and do we need both of them well you... because, because to me yesterday, great for Shrewsbury to get that result. Brilliant and that'll go down That'll be on That'll be pictures of that In their clubhouse For the rest of time But it's not real They haven't drawn With a proper Liverpool side I don't know I don't know what to do about that I don't know if you're no, Lip-
2: no, no it does devalue it Because that's the whole point Of those games Where the, the players That were on the pitch That just were like, like yeah. Shell-shocked The fact that they just got beaten By lower league teams That That is a massive thing but you can only beat with in front of you
1: no absolutely um, but now they've got the replay now this is a good time to talk about that do, uh, where do you stand on that would you, would you keep the replays a lot of chat at the moment about scrapping them and doing a more Spanish Copa del Rey style system of having the lower seeded team play at home and it's done one and done essentially mm-hmm. you have extra time and penalties what, what, would, what would you do
3: uh, I can see the problem with, with with the replays. But again, isn't it only to satisfy five or six teams? You yeah. know, the FA Cup is for, for everyone. Literally, as it says, it starts in, in August and, and it's for, you know, hundreds and... I think 700 teams enter it. Mm. So why cater it for the six teams who might have a chance of the Premier League and the Champions League? So I, I think... You know, I think, I mean, you know, Shrewsbury maybe had won it if it went to penalties yesterday. In yeah, they should have you
2: know, perhaps won Maybe,
3: it, I don't know, with a player at the level, would they want to win that game or would they want the day out
1: of Anfield?
2: Correct. That's another brilliant point. But that's, and you're almost entitled to that as yeah. well as a player. The day
1: out and the financials
2: of it. Yeah. You get half the gate receipts. Yeah. And the broadcast revenue. So the broadcast revenue, because that game will be on telly now. So, I, I'm sort of divided right now. I used to be absolutely set on, yes
1: replays because of the likes of Shrewsbury that rely on that money but now I'm thinking yeah actually if no one's bothered about the cup let's not let's yeah. not double the length well, of time you have to you do know, it
2: and I don't, don't want to devalue the the result for Shrewsbury because let's face it Liverpool were so concerned that they put the big boys on at the end didn't yeah, they yeah. so you know the, there's a lot of credit in that uh, conversely let's move to United's game so uh, Trambia well, we've got United the fans, so we,
1: we, I so mean, we've got to talk about this that game to me felt like we were back in the 90s <laughs> It looked absolutely like it, didn't absolutely it? loved it. It was so 90s that at some point Caprice came on. <laughs> like, I haven't heard that name for years. It was Tony Adams was on the scene. It was great. It was a proper muddy pitch. I've got a feeling United might employ someone with a plough in the next few weeks. Just to, oh, that's what we're good at. We're good at playing in this circumstance. Um, but, and for the first 10 minutes, it felt like a real match, yeah. a real game. And then, well. United took over.
3: Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. and he, even even Jesse Lingard scored. Um. <laughs> you got to see the celebrations. <laughs> That's it for the you first time in a long time. First goal in, in English, English football for uh, thirteen months, um, and uh, Diogo Dallo scored his first goal, and, and people were lining up. Maguire
2: the,
1: scored his first goal.
3: Maguire scored his first goal. I think somebody said it was a statistic. First time six different Manchester United scorers since eighteen ninety two.
1: Eighteen ninety-two. Apparently,
3: wow. I wasn't at that game, but but apparently, <laughs> Wolves in eighteen ninety-two, six different scorers. But yeah, you're right. And also, even the penalty was a bit, bit, bit like uh, Lingard and Pereira were fighting over it, and Solskjaer went, no, no, no give it to Greenwood. Mm. Um, and um, they knew the stat.
1: You see, yeah.
3: <laughs> exactly, exactly, Lingard
1: was like, don't you know it's from 1982? 1892, <laughs> sorry. For secret, yeah, yeah.
2: secret Santa at work, I got given Jesse Lingard's uh, scent. It's perfume. yeah. Uh, which it must be no more than £5 in value. No, no, do
1: you not know this? No. So it was £40, and it went down to £15 about two weeks ago. Really?
2: They, well, they this, slashed it. Well, this one must have been going for a fiver, because I'm pretty sure the person... Yeah, well, it's what, got What's his, the name? J Lings. J Lings. Jay Lings. Jay Ling. And Jay it Lings. smells like, you know, those... Candles that you have to deter flies from annoying you on uh, a, a barbecue, some citronella. I'm not talking about the Gwyneth Paltrow candle. No, no, no we are not no, talking okay, about that just yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, we can we can come on to that, but um, oh, that's what she did, yeah. Okay, um, come uh, on. I can't believe we did that. Um, we're, be- we're better than that, Martin. Are we? No, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, Jay don't don't buy the perfume. let it see me on the score sheet though. I might might have uh raise the value of that a little yeah. bit. Maybe you can sell it it,
3: it, are you? it is in my uh basket on Superjug online but you're saying no. Oh, don't really? go for
1: I it. I would yeah, I'd yeah. go for a tester 1st <laughs> yeah, okay. All yeah. Right. But there's there's lots to talk about with this uh, United performance. Um I think we'll wait until the second half of the podcast to talk about United in more depth. But the interesting thing for me was how many news stories and journalists were talking about how United are back. Having beaten <laughs> Tranmere, the 21st best team in, in, in League, League one. one. Yeah, they're in
3: the relegation zone, aren't they? So, uh, yeah, we, I, I think I think they were surprised that that Tranmere didn't put up more of a fight. That it was so easy. Um, I think they they were expecting it was all set up. We were saying earlier that on a beach of a pitch, uh, mm. United having lost twice in the last week, a poor team, um, carrying injuries, a weak team, and 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 yet, yeah, everyone sort of. I think I think Solsha used that a little bit for motivation. I think the, the keeper Davis is a City fan. Said, "Oh, I'm going to get one over them." And mm. you know, the you know the you know the, the, the very well paid players turned up and, and did their job and, and, and got it sorted. Yeah, uh,
1: I think it's also worth pointing out a, a third result of the FA Cup, which should have been a shock but wasn't really. That's West Ham West Brom. Um, I don't know if you saw that, Martin. That was. Maybe the lowest point of West Ham season so far, and there've yeah. been some pretty bad lows.
2: Yeah, so I only see the social media reaction from their fans, which was just disgust. Yeah, but um, so I'm a big Slaven Bil- Slaven Bilic fan. Yeah, for him to go back there, yeah. there was some sort of closure, maybe because he left in some pretty bad circumstances. I hope he got a good reception because I think overwhelmingly his think time at the club like him, was decent. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, but
1: having seen that game. It was difficult to work out if that was West Ham showing that they're a championship side or if it was West Brom auditioning for the Premier League. They've been pretty poor the last four or five weeks, West Brom, but they are still top of the championship mm. and they are doing well and they've got a great manager, they've got a good squad for that level. But which one is it? Is is it West Ham being absolutely appalling or is it West Brom being brilliant or is it both? I think, I mean, you know, West Brom, you know, will always be a
3: perpetual sort of yo-yo club and they're on the way up and, you know, Bilic is a good manager and it took West Ham... Seventh or sixth, mm, and, and best yep. finish in the Premier League. So he, he's a Premier League manager, Definitely. sort of in, in the Championship. But yeah, I, I think you know I'm not a huge having lived through uh, David Moyes' time at, at United, and, and you know since Everton, he, he's really been on the decline. I found that a bizarre appointment, and especially. Th- The Cup is something, you know, West Ham can win. They're never going to win the Premier League. This is it. This is something you could win and that, you know, you really thought, um, have an opportunity there. And, you know, was it Moyes turned up and said, oh, I win games, I'm a winner, this is what I do, and, you know, already... It's odd. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's not really known for that, so. Um... Well, he's,
2: he's, uh, to be fair, his Everton team did beat as at Macclesfield one though so you know he has got some pedigree in the cup. <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> Thanks, <mate. laughs> um, but was so the the game
1: on Saturday, the West Brom West Ham game. I have a feeling that if West Brom if West Ham had been safer in the league, they might have actually probably gone for it. But the fact that they played so subdued and withdrawn suggests to me they really are worried this season about going down. Mm. I mean the the, the the biggest threat for West Ham was Declan Rice shooting from deep. And it's like, What am I looking at? This isn't that is not his forte whatsoever. Yeah. What has happened to this West Ham side that before the season started, let's not forget, it wasn't just us saying this. People were saying they could be in with a shot of breaking top five, top six. And it's just gone to pieces so quickly that you've now got Declan Rice shooting from thirty five yards. Don't you get the
2: feeling of this? The things that go on behind the scenes at that club have just always oh, the foundations are now so shaky that mm-hmm. they the just affect everything else. They can so be, be so easily put off form, or just the just either the the signings that they make, or just the fact that the, the leadership from the management not management side, sorry, the director's side is just so like directionless. Yeah, it's just,
1: there's nothing there. Yeah, and, and you've got someone in Karen Brady who's hailed as this genius of organisation and business, and yet she's presiding over what looks like a bit of a car crash. Yeah, yeah. Not dissimilar to what's happening at United. uh,
3: Absolutely. Um, I think that they, they, it's it's just always an uncomfortable feeling around West Ham. They just, it's feel, you know, toxic atmosphere, probably too Mm. strong, but they just don't seem settled or or ever happy. Players that they sign, they think are going to make an impact, don't really. um, The owners of have, have got too much of a profile. The managers are never stick with it. You know, they were so proud of themselves to get Pellegrini. Recently won the Premier League. That didn't work out. Moyes, it just doesn't seem like a, a club where, um, you know... I mean, yeah, they had a great year with Pyatt, obviously. But, you know, how long was he there? For 18 months? And that was almost right. That's your fun, that's it. Back to misery. And we're still
1: talking about him. Yeah. Because they've never... I mean, to be fair, he was a generational player for West mm. Ham. But they've tried to replace him. And people like... Anderson, I think Yamalenko, they had big hopes for. Lanzini, who, I a mean, a, mi- a mixture of injuries yeah. and stuff, but he's really, I don't know what's happened to him. Mm. So they've got all these players that on paper can win games. None of them are stepping up because there's no confidence. And there's no one within the hierarchy of their board the structure of the club with any long-term vision it doesn't look like mm. which is all of those things a recipe for disaster
2: well yeah that and West Brom are a decent team so yeah, but that's, there's nothing that. Yeah, but the, yeah the
1: fact that it wasn't that much of a shock says a lot yeah exactly
2: anyway we're going to take a break
1: um, we'll be back in the second half to talk about Manchester United in depth
4: Hello and welcome to Seeing Red, a true crime podcast brought to you by me, Mark and my co-host Bethan. Each week we take a deep dive into the dark world of true crime. Cases have ranged from the murder of Christina Abbott, a high-class escort who was killed by a sadistic client, to the Peru 2 a pair of young women convicted of smuggling drugs in South America. Whilst always respectful to the victims of these crimes, we do like to tell each story in our own unique style, with humour and lots of f***ing swearing. Join us every Wednesday for a new episode of Seeing Red, a true crime podcast, wherever you get yours. Uh,
2: Welcome back. Uh, As we... Said In the first half, we've got Sam Pilger here, um, author and Man United. Well, I would say expert, Sam. I suppose you're as, as, as expert as anyone, certainly in this room. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't call myself an expert. Throw expert. Well, there was a great piece, obviously, written recently about uh, the, the transfer targets for United. Maybe you want to start there and say kind of the, the possibilities of those. And there's a lot of doors being shut. Uh, this there was a lo- three-hour podcast. There is. Of
3: there is, yeah. <laughs> I think... Well, United are in the position they didn't want to be. When I, you know, spoke to to people around the club and, you know, about six seven weeks ago. Well, in fact, after the city, after the beating Manchester City, so beating Tottenham and Manchester City in the space of four days, everything looked fantastic. The idea was they've got targets for 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 for, for the summer, um, most notably Jaden Sancho and James Madison. You know, they know are going to be expensive. They thought if these sort of players become available in January, which is unlikely. Um, you know, then 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 we'll go for them. Otherwise, you know, we'll, we'll hold on, and uh, you know we'll do what we've got. When obviously, since then they've had the injuries of McTominay, Rashford, and Pogba, uh, and the form has, 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 has uh, declined too. So, the idea of to be you know very uh, principled and not to enter the January transfer market, we can rise above that, went out the window because they need players the problem is they they might not get players obviously we're talking on monday they've got until friday to get somebody um, you know bruno fernandes was a player they, they, they were almost irritated to be linked with last <laughs> summer you know for when i spoke to him didn't they put something out saying you've got to stop linking us yeah with yeah this player? yeah yeah it was like i think he was on a list but never near the top of the list he was on their radar but it was almost like the Portuguese press were really pushing it and they were sort of irritated. No, 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 that's what I was always told. And they didn't sign him and that was it. And then suddenly, you know, there's a bit of a U-turn and they're back in for him and they've bid for him. The bid was rejected. Uh, and now it's it's brinksmanship where I think I think um, Sporting Lisbon won 65 million euros plus 15 of add-ons and United have had offered... Fifteen plus ten of add-ons, and, yeah. and there's a standoff there where United's hope is that they buckle and think, "Oh,
2: just give us the money." All right, all right, let's get in now because um, it is there. And I but think I like your point. I like your point about the fact that that is they have to set out their stall because it, it will inflate Madison and Sancho uh, prices in the summer. It so it if they pay it, over the odds it, yeah. for him,
1: yeah. well, what, but they've will really it- set this precedent, haven't they? By, by by bringing in players like, for example, Maguire, yeah, who is a good player. But they've shown that they are happy to pay the English tax. Yeah. And now paying 80 million for Maguire means that what's Madison going to cost you?
3: Well, I know, but I think that the, the, um, uh, yeah, Maguire was, Leicester said 80 million. They went, all right, okay, we'll play brinksmanship. They went, it's 80 million. Okay, well, and you know, and then he was, you know, and then they went back, all right. The million. master negotiator, yeah, Woodward. Exactly, and that, and that and that was it. You know, and then they signed him quite late, late in the in the in the, mar, uh, in the in the window. I think with, um, yeah, I, th- I don't think fans are going to buy. You know, if if United don't make this Champions League, which is highly unlikely you now, six points from fourth. Um, is our Sancho Madison, my English United fan, but Sancho probably not. Um, he didn't. He he had the opportunity last time. He didn't want to spot. Champions League and Borussia Dortmund for 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 uh, Europa League, so I think this whole oh well you know this will inflate the market. I made the point to somebody at United last last week, and they sort of smiled and you know could see my point was what well, you know pay you know the what's needed for Fernandez he'll provide the inspiration to get you to fourth. You know, it's very idealistic. And then you've you more the tra- chance
2: of getting the players you, you want to get. Hope that. You have to hope that the signings you bring in do the job that you're mm. going yeah.
1: for. There seems to be an issue here for me, which is Solskjaer has this vision, he says he has this vision of young, talented, largely English core of players, which is all well and good. That's good to have some sort of identity, and they've been missing that for years now. However, young players, English players... Sancho, Madison, Grealish, will look at United and see that when a young player signs there, they're not really improving. Haaland, they lost out on Erling Haaland for several reasons, but I think one of them would be that he looks at the Dortmund model and sees that you go there, you play for two or three seasons, you get better as a player, crucially, and then you get your next move. Why would Sancho go to United? Why would Madison go to United? If it's just money, well, the issue is they had that a few seasons ago, where players were just signing for the money, and they're the wrong sorts of characters. Mm. So I don't know what they're supposed to do in the situation.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, but they're damned by just the form of the team, isn't it? Everything comes back to that. If you're a winning team, you can mask over a lot of things. Even when Spurs, Spurs, it's, it feels now all uh, for all the bluster we talk about how great Levy was as a negotiator, but things have panned out in in fact that. If you don't keep the wheels going, if you don't yeah, keep yeah. the wheels turning, and just and fund the right things at the right time, then and it's the same what's happened to Arsenal, you know, it's kind you of you don't
1: stand still because everyone else is well, improving, is it. so you yeah. go backwards. Uh, can we talk about um, Ed Woodward? He's had a bit of a PR disaster in the last couple of weeks. He went and employed Neil Ashton from the Sunday Supplement, uh, and all of a sudden, we see some of Neil Ashton's mates write <laughs> some pretty positive um, stories about Woodward and. Oh, he's the, actually quite a cuddly the genius guy. genius of PR, Mark. But this is the thing, never become the story, they say, particularly if you're in PR, where <laughs> the only job is image. Um, talk to me about, about that appointment and how that might have backfired.
3: Well, I think fans in the, in this day and age are very savvy on social media and they can see the, the, the cogs turning behind, whereas maybe five, ten years ago they couldn't. So, it, as you say, it was... Uh, Neil Ashton appointed, um, you know, mostly known from Sunday Supplement. But of course, was a you know a daily journalist and a columnist on the Sun, um, and he's retired now from journalism to to to, to do that. to the
2: dark side.
3: Indeed, I mean, you know, <laughs> but then but then so then within there was a piece by Neil Custis within you know, days (laughs) saying, oh, you can't blame Woodward. It's the Glazers and the players and Solskjaer. And, and people were like, oh, well this, you know, it was so transparent, so transparent, but then people pulled up pieces from, from Neil Ashton himself, in which he was absolutely tearing into Woodward and saying Mm -hmm. he's not good enough. And the players, you know, and then the signings and the direction. And I don't, I mean, that column is self-evident because, you know, since Woodward took over 2013, United have been largely dreadful. So, um, you know, it, it's interesting, isn't it, P- PR, because it, there's very much, you know, Neil Ashton can't, you know, do a job next to Harry Maguire in the centre of the defence. You know, he, he's. He's putting a know. game at the minute. Well, he might, he might. <laughs> yeah, but he, he, he just can't. <laughs> it's all but on results. And, and, and you know, Ed Woodward's PR and image will increase or, or improve once the United get revert, results. So I think that, you know, obviously. <laughs> He's a man with a high profile, and he thought, I mean, probably his very large retainer was worth paying, but I'm not, I think he'd be more, better suited
1: to, you know, worrying about getting in signings. But there's an issue here as well that any journalist now who might actually have a a good, solid foundation of an argument to say Wood was doing a good job, once they write that article, people are going to assume they just had a phone call from their mate Neil. Yeah. So actually, Denigrates the entire side well, of the industry that might, at some reason, at some point for whatever reason, be
2: pro Woodward. Well, for some reason, that naming your clients yeah. live on air is always a poor, is a poor way to go about it. But yeah, I am sure, as you say, Neil's experience in the industry and his, you know, contacts. but it's more a case of Woodward just signing the right players. Do yeah. you know the PR has to be you're good at your job, not that Don't worry gonna... about
1: your, uh, yourself when the club are struggling, I think yeah. is what fans would have... So, we, so we've done uh, potential signings. We've done Woodward. Um, I think we need to talk about Solskjaer. Um, seems like a good guy. Gritz, would you like to play for him? Seems like a nice guy. i <laughs> go for a drink with Solskjaer, by all means. I
2: don't know. I don't know if he is a nice guy. I think he just smiles a lot. I just he's think... Well, th- oh, oh, no, he's really. part of that squad. He's ruthless. I think we might have spoken about his ruthlessness. In a, very often when you're the kind of small cheery guy in that team he probably had to mm. play above his station to kind of stake out a claim. so same as Michael Owen I mean that, he's not he do not pull any punches these days well done mate he's 13 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but there you go so yeah Solskjaer. Um yeah I'd just like to get your thoughts on that Sam because it's, it's it's a complex it's not as simple as just he's not good enough is it or is it I, d- I don't I mean I
3: don't see much now to recommend him I mean you know People haven't started calling for his for his head because I, I think there's a weariness of, the, you know, this is the, the, the fourth permanent manager since Ferguson, but it's probably, you know, arguably the worst. I mean, the defeat to Burnley was... Since he became caretaker manager... And, there, you know, statistics can be pulled around, but, you know, that... You know, it, once he was given the job permanently, he's now lost 12 league games and won 11, which is, you know, which is appalling, which speaks to itself. You're losing more games than you're winning. You should be, you know, that, that should be... It's damning. Yeah, that is damning. And I think other than... You know, somebody tweeted, and it was a good tweet, I think it was Mike Keegan from the Mail, you know, shock, manager who failed at Cardiff fails at Manchester United. And sometimes you get lost in the Ollie legend whole whole nature of it, that you step back and you go, well... Yeah, I mean, he he did fail at Cardiff, got them relegated, couldn't do anything with the Championship, went back to Norway. He wasn't on anybody's shortlist to take over anybody in the Premier League or the Championship, and then he's given arguably the biggest job in world football.
1: Who in the league, which manager in the league, would you not take ahead of Solskjaer? Oh, Good question. Uh, that's a good question, and maybe needed some
2: prior. Yeah, or, no, I know um, that's it, but that's Mark's. I yeah, will spring it, this on it, this podcast. Is what We're he does, he'll, he'll ask you, what's your top three favourite something, and then not I give think, you any I mean, time to prepare. That, look, the fact that I
3: pause and, <laughs> and, and, and think about it, you know, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that says Roy enough. Roy Hodgson, uh, you think yeah, he'd true. probably do about a similar job to Solskjaer. I'm taking Roy. Yeah, I'm taking Roy. Roy, instead of with all that experience. Yeah, probably. Absolutely. No. So, Chris Palace have a better manager yeah,
2: than Manchester United. Yeah, I prefer Roy on a budget. Don't give him the key to the safe. I mean, he was at (laughs) Liverpool. Yeah. Did not go well. But the fact that we're having a discussion about it and that one of us is sticking up a Roy over
1: Solskjaer says quite a lot, You wouldn't take Farker from Norwich, would you? No, you wouldn't... um, He plays some attacking football. He's got he's, he's got an eye for some talent. Buendia's come in, and Dean Cantwell's done well, and
3: Puky looks good. But, they, but, you, 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 but the thing is, you wouldn't take them. But if they arrived, they'd probably do a similar job, right? And that's the, exactly. That's and the, the fact that
1: we're looking at teams right at the bottom of the table there, Palace, yeah. Palace excluded. Yeah, that that says that says a lot. I think.
3: Yeah, well, but 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 I mean, when he was Solskjaer was the the hot young thing. Um, and uh, but six seven years ago, yeah, you know, he yeah. turned. He went. He, you know, he started off United reserves and did a good job. Went back to Norway, won some titles, and 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 because of the connection, he was always going to come back to England. Aston Villa tried to lure him. It was a yep. bit too early, and then he came back to Cardiff, and that was he he was you know the the hot young thing then, and 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 you know failed miserably there. So why then he was. Considered for United. It looked like a cute idea. Mm. Stabilised. The the idea was he holds the fort until they can wait to the summer and appoint Pochettino. You know, that was that was yeah. an open secret. Everyone knew that. They weren't going to get him out of Tottenham in the middle of the season. Put Solskjaer in. And then Solskjaer mm. has to spoil it by winning
0: loads everything and loads and
3: loads of worst. games. Everything. Yeah. Being, looking amazing. Thinking, my God, you know, United have got their own homegrown Guardiola.
1: Is it a mad suggestion... And we talked about this before, Grits. but is it mad to suggest that given that Solskjaer is you know, a company guy, he knows the club inside out, fans still love him, I think that's fair to say, and he seems to have some sort of vision of what he wants the club to be, is it mad to suggest that you get a manager in and move Oli upstairs and finally have this director of football role filled? Did you read the column I wrote about three four months ago? Oh, have I, uh, is I, have I passed your opinion off as my own? No, no, not my own. We <laughs> just
3: shared the same thing. I wrote that. I wrote that column about four months ago when Great. I thought he looks like a director of football uh, because he can pick a player. You mm. know, the three signings he's, he's really good. He, have, have just all, not enough. No, have already been good. Um, and I thought, uh, you know, I doubt it will happen because of the humiliation. Well, he, he, if anyone's going to stick around, though, right? If anyone's going to stick around, it would be Solskjaer who who this is the problem, still probably thinks, I'm Manchester United manager, I can't believe this. You know, he probably still does. He still probably pinches himself. But he think, sleeps in his actually, blazer. Yeah, I'm actually the manager. United Man
2: bed sheets yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. He's and his it, own post
3: that his, is the problem. problem. He's, he's almost grateful to be... The manager. So if anybody, you know, the humiliation with somebody getting kicked upstairs, you'd probably think, no, no, my pride, I'm going to go off. But Solskjaer might. But yeah, I think, I think you're right, right. That, that, that he has shown an aptitude for picking a player who have all settled in well. Um, you know, he's got some, you know, uh, status in yeah. the world game that he could bring players in and, and, and so on and look, look ahead. But in terms of getting results, which is kind of the main point of manager... That hasn't worked out so well.
2: So, uh, go back to that point of Pochettino. Is that something that still would excite you as a Man United fan? It, it has to,
3: and I, I can't say I. I don't know. Uh, I haven't spoken to BB United, and they haven't suggested it. But I can't think for a moment they're not thinking. I can't think for a moment talks haven't happened with him because yeah. you know he had lunch with. Ferguson, when he was the Tottenham manager, there were, there were, my understanding is he was, he was willing to come uh, last summer when it was hold on, well, w- you know, the last summer 2019, he was willing to come. That was his big move. Um, I would be surprised if, and I don't know this, uh, um, that they didn't say, look, hold on, hold on, because we might need a manager in the next six weeks, eight weeks. Or at least at the end of May, it would be madness not to say, please don't yeah. disappear to Bayern Munich or somewhere else. Because if Pochettino uh, does take another job, that's that.
1: Who, who else is? But there? They've got track record of this, haven't they? they? They didn't bother even trying to get Pep. Yeah, um, Klopp was a possibility. Yeah. Didn't bother with him. I mean, the club is just from the outside looking in. I honestly believe. Us guys in this room could do <laughs> a more joined-up version of, of of thinking.
2: Well, I'm glad you asked that because there was someone nodding vigorously in the vigorously in the corner here, and uh, I'd be amiss to not mention it. So, Sam, your your son Louis here, Louis he indeed. Would you be happy with him as a Man United manager?
4: Oh yeah, of course. Because you look at Pochettino and what getting to the Champions League final exactly. without signing anyone in the summer, so he can do stuff with players that with good good team, but not as good as they got further than better teams yeah, in that competition. But you look at Solskjaer and um, most people are not getting too negative about Solskjaer because obviously he's a legend and they're looking at the players and other things. But like going back a week or so, beating Burnley, I mean, the players aren't great, but the players are good enough to beat a team like Burnley. So well, that goes were, down to the you management. You were there. Yeah, that goes down to management and just looking on it, Just... Decent players. I mean, players like Martial, but we just had no sense of a, sort of an idea of what we were going to do with the ball. You know, it was just sideways, but there was just no plan. Nothing. Know? And that's down to the management. How old are you, Louis? Fourteen. So
1: 2013 was the last time anything good happened at United. So has your football-watching career largely been quite negative with United? You might be the first person I've met who, <laughs> who doesn't know United to be winning everything every season.
4: Yeah, I mean, there's been some good moments, you know, Europa League, FA Cup, fi- FA Cup win. Um, but, yeah, m- most of what I've experienced as a United fan is negative. Sadness and, and worry. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just little bits of good, you know. Under Mourinho, there was hope. Absolutely. But most of it has been just been negative and just, yeah. Dude, you're Great.
2: talking on the pitch, though. How did you get on yesterday?
4: Oh yeah, that was great. We won a semi-final. That's from my team, but One, uh, who's your team? Uh, Glebe, Glebe FC. And who, you, who did you beat in the semi-final? We played a team called Oakwood. Oakwood, and who you got in the final? Uh, a team called Junior Elite at Bromley FC. And Stay you're now. going to be playing at Bromley. Yeah, which, that'll be nice. It's an exciting, nice pitch. But yeah,
2: congratulations. Well, it's good to have you on the show. Thank you. Yeah hopefully in the future as well. I don't know if it's a budding career as a journalist, Sam. But it's, uh, Who well, knows? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, listen, thanks very much for joining us today, Sam. Hopefully we'll, we'll see you again. Um, Where can we get you? Where can we see you on Twitter? and On on
1: Twitter, yeah. What's your name on that? Uh, at Sam Pilcher. Oh, it makes sense.
2: Wonderful. Louis, you're not on
1: Twitter yet? No.
4: Well, right. I've got an account, I look, but I don't. Kids believe. don't use Twitter, yeah.
1: Granddad. <laughs> what are you talking about? Snapchat, isn't Wait. it? Snapchat yeah what's down with the kids mate what are you up to at the minute Mark Uh, funny you ask Um, you should go and watch my show it's the Football 365 show you can get it at football365.com or on any of their socials it's me uh, just talking about football with a journalist in Football 365 the pilot had Daniel Story and comedian Alfie Brown and from February 20th it goes out weekly till the end of the season lovely so go and have a look at that and uh, don't stop slagging me off in the comments as well
2: (laughs) for God's sake leave me alone See you next week.
1: This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk.
0: If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. E bikes that are cool AF. Sports Social Podcast Network.